Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The global corporate tax deal could hit a wall in U.S. Congress, and hundreds of people have been arrested in a high-tech global crime sting. Plus, we've all wondered what society would look like if the internet shut down. Well, a lot of people got a taste of that yesterday, and it highlights the little-known companies that provide critical back-end systems for the internet. I mean, they're incredibly efficient, but when they go wrong, there's no defense against this for the customers. So this does show it is an infrastructure that can fail. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Republican lawmakers in the U.S. are pushing back on a global minimum corporate tax deal. This is the one that was announced at the G7 meeting last weekend. World leaders agreed to tax multinationals at a 15% rate, but conservative opposition in Washington could jeopardize the deal. The FT's Amy Williams says Republicans are already upset over separate European taxes on U.S. tech companies, and this is something that's complicated the global agreement. But the argument that Republicans on the Hill are now making is, okay, well, this doesn't affect just tech companies anymore, but it still, by our calculations, mostly affects U.S. companies still. So they're not very happy with that. And I think Biden is going to have to, uh, you know, he's going to have a bit of a tricky time getting getting this through up on the hills, certainly as it stands. So, I mean, what's the process next here? And, and can Republicans squash the deal? Well, so when it comes together, it will have to go through Capitol Hill in two separate parts. The first part is going to be this agreement on a minimum global corporate tax. The second part is the part that says other countries can tax all companies based on where they make sales. That has to go through as a treaty, and it requires a two-thirds majority in the Senate. Uh, and it's it's that part that looks the toughest thing at the moment because we've already got these Republican senators coming out against what they see so far. And then if you kind of remember that, okay, well, we need a two-thirds majority and, you know, the, the Senate is divided almost exactly in half, uh, it starts to look tricky. You need Republicans on board to to get this through, at least a few of them. Amy Williams is the FT's U.S. trade correspondent. She writes our Trade Secrets newsletter. This week, we found out about a massive coordinated police sting. Law enforcement in 17 countries arrested more than 800 people, seized tons of drugs, and disrupted murder plots. The operation was called Trojan Shield. It was years in the making, and leading the sting was the U.S. FBI, which set up and ran an encrypted messaging network which they could use to monitor criminals. The FT's Michael Peel has more details. So court documents suggest that an informant was involved and that authorities, including the FBI and the Australian police, came up with this idea to set up their own 
network, which then if criminals joined, they could be monitored without even knowing it. And so that's what they did. And as was described by a senior officer at Europol, other networks were more popular with crime gangs, but as they were busted over the last couple of years, the criminals needed another way to communicate. And um, they developed enough trust in this app called Anom to start using it. Little did they know that all their communications were being monitored by the FBI and other authorities. So, Michael, is this something that could be repeated? Could this be a new strategy for law enforcement? Where does this go next? I mean, this is part of an ongoing and escalating battle between cross-border criminals who use encrypted chat networks to commit their crimes and authorities who are trying to disrupt them. This won't be the last such bust. I'm sure other networks will emerge and it's part of this big cat and mouse game in which both sides are trying to develop new techniques, new ideas to stay ahead of the other. Thousands of websites, including the FTs, went offline for as much as an hour on Tuesday morning. Other sites that went dark included the New York Times, Spotify, the BBC, Twitch, and even the UK government's network. And it was all probably due to a glitch at one company. Our West Coast editor, Richard Waters, is here to tell us more. Hey, Richard. Hi, nice to talk to you, Mark. Good to have you back. Um, So, Richard, a a San Francisco-based company, Fastly, Uh, admitted that a problem with its systems caused the outage. What can you tell us about the company? Well, you know, what what I find really interesting about this is that there are a lot of small companies that virtually none of us have ever heard of that have an incredibly important uh, role to play in the global internet infrastructure. There are companies across all the layers of the network, if you like, you know, from the very core basic switching all the way up that you know, their software controls just a, just a small part of the system. But because it, this is such a widespread network that any, any one element, um, if there's a failure, can affect, you know, millions of people, as happened here. So Fastly, is, it's a, a company with around 300 million of revenue. It went public a couple of years ago. It does a few things in the, you know, the back end of the internet and the cloud networks that we all rely on these days that nobody really knows or cares too much about unless until something like this happens, it goes down and affects a lot of people. Yeah, and, and we should mention that Fastly admitted that a problem with its systems caused the outage, but it didn't really explain what went wrong. Um, and there have been a, a lot of ransomware attacks recently, but th- th- we probably shouldn't assume that there were any bad actors here in this situation, right? Well, so so you're absolutely right that we shouldn't we shouldn't jump to conclusions uh, about what's happening here but i think we can see some clues in in what fastly has told us they said they found a service configuration that led to these disruptions now the wording suggests that this wasn't a cyber attack this was something in their network that was configured wrong that led to problems they're not blaming anyone else now we know that you know a very large share of outages we see in across um, software and networking a lot of it is caused by companies simply upgrading their systems updating the configurations and allowing bugs into the system they haven't tested the software properly they deploy something new across their networks and they have problems in technology that is one of the most common problems that companies have 
Now, again, I'm I'm stressing, I'm not saying that's what happened here, but for the company to say we identified a service configuration across our network, I mean, to me, it just kind of looks like something went wrong in in their software that that they managed to fix quickly. Richard, are, are there any lessons that businesses can take away from this? For Fastly's customers, this is very much a problem because there's very little they can do to defend themselves against this kind of problem. They rely on all the media companies rely on companies like this to distribute their content globally. They're called content delivery networks, and they're the most efficient way of getting movies onto smartphones of people around the world you know, at any time. I mean, they're incredibly efficient. But when they go wrong, there's no defense against this uh, for the customers. So you know, this, this does show the new uh, global entertainment and media industry is very dependent on a, an infrastructure that can fail. Richard Waters is the FT's West Coast editor. He covers all things tech. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, good to talk to you. And before we go, the center of Asia's wealth has shifted from China to India. China's tycoons topped Asia's wealth rankings for years. But according to Bloomberg data, the number one richest person in Asia is now the Indian industrialist Mukesh Ambani. He's the chair of the Indian conglomerate Reliance Industries, and he's worth a cool $84 billion. The second richest person is the Indian infrastructure mogul Gautam Andani. He's worth $78 billion. Both men's fortunes were boosted by stock rallies and companies they control. This happened even as the second wave of COVID-19 tore through their country. Now, in terms of the whole world, Mukesh Ambani, Asia's richest man, ranks only 12th. He's just behind Steve Ballmer, the former CEO of Microsoft. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. That's assuming the internet doesn't go down again. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.